Hello everyone, welcome to another week's episode of Reconnecting the Dots, brought to you by Abdraman. Once again, I want to empower and help you to become the best version of yourself through this podcast, and I hope it benefits you. So take a listen to this week's episode and let me know what you think. Welcome to episode 15 of uh, Reconnecting the Dots podcast. Um, it's a program of the ITD talk show. And um, all thanks to Lord for another beautiful week. And thank you, all listeners, for joining us. I am pleased to be joined by an illustrious individual, a physician, and a healthcare informatic professional with experience in clinical medicine, clinical research, pharmaceutical, and life sciences. She's currently the medical analytics director and insight lead for, for the US affairs, for US medical affairs at GlaxoMeClan, GSK. In her role, she explores data analytics and information from various sources to generate insights that support decision making and improve scientific engagement of patients. Please help welcome Dr. Bulakis Akinili. Dr. Bulakis, how are you doing today? I am doing fine. Thank you so much. <laughs> And yeah, thank you for, for coming on the show, even though it's been a very, it's a really very, um, very uh, difficult to get you on, but, you know, due to your busy schedule and all of that, I'm glad you're back, you're on the show for a second. Yeah. 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 So, um, without further ado, um, I would like to delve into the topic of the day and the episode, uh, which is about the status of COVID-19. So, um... It is indeed, you know, a challenge that is known to everyone that um, a, a virus has ravaged the entire world, and specifically different nations across the globe, and which is COVID-19. So, Dr. Um, Blix, I would like you to enlighten us regarding the status of COVID-19 right now. Oh, thank you so much. Um, first, before, before I begin, I will like to, you know, just express my deep sympathies and support to everyone who is going through one challenge or the other at this point and may have lost loved ones to this pandemic. It has really been a huge constraint. It's been a huge, um, it's been a huge, it has a huge impact in our lives so far and it's redirected our lives in so many ways that we don't even think that we might be able to um, think before now. Um, It has required of us such such an amount of energy and an amount of adaptability to even be able to get to this point. And so at this point, I am really, you know, just sharing all of my love and my support with anyone who is going through a rough time as a result of the pandemic at this time. And I do send my sincere condolences to those who have lost loved ones during this period as well. I hope that um, they are able to find um, good memories of those loved ones to hold on to and also be able to find the path to move forward um, in, a good, in good health and um, staying well by themselves. So again, thank you so much for um, having me on the program. Um, I'm so um, excited that we're able to get this on the books, even though it really... Yeah. <laughs> I, I am too. <laughs> yeah. 
So you asked the question around what the state of COVID-19 is. Yes. Um, as we might all, you know, this is always in the news. It's in our faces every single time. Um, it's no news that about 25 or even more than 25 million, I think the last time I checked online, um, it's been about 25 million plus people um, or cases have been reported. And that's the reported cases. Of course, there are so many people who have been um, infected by this virus so far that have not been symptomatic or have not been aware that right. they are actually infected with it. I think um, there's an estimate out there that it could be as high as 105 million people already infected, of which only 25 million is reported based on the testing that we're able to do. And in light of that as well, there's about 400,000 deaths or more, more than 400,000 deaths that have been recorded as well. And that's just thinking about the magnitude of that number. It's um, it's saddening to, to think, you know, in the yeah. space of less than a year, we've lost over 400,000 people um, to this pandemic. And that's just a big, uh, it's been a big change and a big shift in our, in our lives. Um, and you know that's that's data, right? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of a lot of this this deaths, a lot of these infections, have been, you know, you know, there's been a lot of it in the community, but we can also not shy away from the fact that it's also been affecting our healthcare workers in a lot of ways as well. Mm. Not just in terms of the infections, but also how it has affected their loved ones and their lives. That they, that they leave, you know, the pressures of having to move from um, whatever station or whatever specialty they're in to be able to figure out how they can best help right. in solving this problem has also been one of the things that, you know, we've had to, to look at so far. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the effects and the status, you know, just generally as well, there's been impact to, you know, to communities, there's been impact to schools, there's been impact to healthcare practices and hospitals. There's been, you know, issues with patients, and we can get into some of these details, you know, as we as we continue in the conversations. Right. We can't even perhaps put a number to it yet. What this would mean for the health outcomes for 2020, given the fact that a lot of people were unable to access their physicians or be able to even reach them. Some were um, anxious and reluctant to go to the hospitals. So we don't even have an idea just yet how much this would have really impacted health outcomes for 2020. So, you know, it's, it's developing. It's been a target that, you know, been missing us. It's been going, you know, right. how, how those charts, you know, those saddening charts, sometimes you'll see them go up, you know, you see them come down, um, especially for right now, being right after the holidays, you can see how, what, you know, it's been mind blowing how much of an increase we've seen. And, and it's just, there's just so much to, to keep in mind when we talk about what the state of it is currently. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But one of the good things, you know, one of the ray of hopes that we've had so far in terms of the state of the pandemic currently has been right. the, um, what's it called, the vaccines that have been available now. 
Right. And I think we've had a couple from, you know, Moderna, from which I'm, one of the reasons why I'm really glad, you know, it, it kind of shows us the reason why the pharmaceutical industry is very important in our lives currently right. as well. Um, the fact that people were able to get to work very quickly um, and be able to help with this. So with Moderna, with Pfizer, a lot of partnership are also ongoing with other pharmaceutical companies, not just in the area of vaccines, but also in therapeutics as well. Right. And GSK, where I work, uh, you know, is partnering with different organizations as well to be able to ensure that, you know, those types of um, therapeutics and also vaccines are available. Um, the ones we currently have from Moderna and Pfizer, for instance, they require certain distribution um, constraints, especially right. in terms of them being at a certain temperature before they are being, you know, they can be viable and, and useful. Um, but there is still that need to continue to see how we can develop other vaccines that would be able to withstand, you know, normal temperatures, normal room temperatures. Um, and there would be, you know, the distribution would be easier and it would also be available for lower to middle income countries that might not necessarily have access or the capacity to manage the distribution of the current ones that are available. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, I would say that that was, that was quite um, insightful um, from how you, you broke it down because the truth is, uh, this 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 time and period has, has really devastated um, a whole lot of community. Just like you've mentioned, people have lost lives, and um, jobs have been impacted, businesses have been impacted in a very very bad way. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and you and I know that this is all this this period, of course. Yeah, it, it's it's still ongoing. It will be around for a while, but you know, the question is. You know, since we know, and maybe some of us probably know, but this is probably going to be around for a while. You know, it is to start thinking of how to actually respond to it, how to deal with this thing. Like, for instance, I I usually have conversations with my my colleagues and my coworkers at work sometimes, and in fact, something we actually, you know, we talk about in a very in a very uh, you know serious. And of course, we laugh about it as well. And again, you know, laughing about it is just you know just just a way to to deal with the, 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 the mental side of that of that effect of what he has done because I mean like people are working from home, different kind of things happening. So and of course some some people have you know different kind of conception about or what I'd say to me about okay do I take the vaccine? What's gonna happen and all that? Well like my own point is always look if you need to take a vaccine just make sure you just talk to your physician and all that. So again so my my question to a follow-up question just to what you're you know, explain that right now. So how do we then get through this period? You know, having said that, all of the, you know, I will talk about all of the the impact and the status of, you know, the pandemic as it is. How do we get through this era and looking into the future? Okay, I think, you know, in that prelude to the question, I think you said something that was very, very crucial, which is the psychological and the mental part um, of the impacts that the pandemic has had on right. 
many people not even many people perhaps every one of us would just for those that are still very resilient yeah because they are resilient or it's because they're putting it into into consideration right something that has really affected everyone absolutely absolutely so so that and i'm going to take i'm going to pick up from there as where to start from in terms of how do we move forward or where we go from here I think it's very important for us all to recognize and take a moment to reflect on how the pandemic has impacted our lives um, from a parent who is unable to send their kids to school and having to juggle both work and child, you know, school, child schooling at the same time to the worker who lost their jobs during this period to p- people who have lost their loved ones and so on. I think the very first thing that we need to have is the conviction that as a human race, right. we are able to beat this. this. Correct. And to be able to get some level of hope from the fact that scientists are working around the clock, epidemiologists mm. are working around the clock, public health officials are working around right. the clock, to ensure that you know this is something that we're able to beat right and communities also individuals are working around the clock people have shown up considerably with a lot of humanity during this period in terms of providing food for others who might not be able to have them you know there's a lot of talks around landlords giving their tenants a little bit more time some of it you know, due to the policies that are being done and some of it just out of their willingness of their heart to do what they feel is right, right. make right. things easier for others. So I think the very first thing is having that hope, hope becomes very, very crucial because we have to have something that we all can hold on to. The next thing is, of course, this is a big deal and it's not something that only one person or one part of the community or one part of the nation can hold on to or can fix it is going to take everyone's attention everyone's commitment to beating the pandemic so in every function that you might be in every situation that you can be understand the fact that you can play a role in actually making life the life of uh, others easier and your own life as well we need to have a commitment to making lives easier for us and also for others around us and that is where we can start to be more you know sensitive to the need that we have to be part of the solution Right. And one of that, you know, there is the vaccines that we all should be very happy. It's definitely positive, a, a light in this whole darkness that the pandemic has brought on us. Right. But I feel like the vaccines alone are not going to do it at this point. It's going to take some time right. for the vaccines to actually prove effective in curbing the pandemic. pandemic but one of the things that we all have to make sure that we're doing is out of respect for others out of love and care for others we should try as much as possible to continue to use the masks we should continue to use the mask the face mask and try as much as possible to use according to the recommendations that we have so the cloth masks are fine. The N95 is also an option. 
the surgical masks are also available. I know that there was a period at the beginning of the pandemic when the surgical masks were not as available. Um, and, you know, it was advised then that everyone, if they can, they should use the cloth mask instead so, so that the healthcare workers can have access to those N95 and right. the surgical mask. But now there is a lot of distribution. And if you can step up from just the cloth mask to the surgical masks, if you can. But at least at the minimum, use the right. term. Right. Um, and one of the things that you might also have been seeing in the news cycle is around double masking. It's around using a filter in addition to your cloth mask. Anything you can do at all, again, even if it's the minimal of just one mask, just go ahead and do it. Anything to help us at all is better than not doing anything. Right. So I would advise that, you know, we all continue to do that as a means to saving ourselves, but also out of sensitivity and being able to care for others. Absolutely. The other things, you know, we've we've talked about this also at the very beginning of the, of the um, pandemic is around the social distancing. I actually, sometimes people misinterpret what social distancing really mean. But the thing is, it's more of a physical distancing. So as much as you can stay away from large gatherings um, in person, stay away from, um, you know, just try as much as possible to stay at home if you don't really have any, you know, great reason to be out. If you can order your um, groceries, if you can, whatever you can do to just make sure that you're not out and about, um, like the pre-pandemic time would be really great. So staying at home, if you can work from home, that would be great. If you also can, um, you know, if you can just limit the number of people that you're interacting with to very few that you know are also observing the social distancing. But like I was trying to emphasize earlier on, social distancing doesn't mean you can reach out to people. Mm. Try as much as possible, especially for the mental health sake, to stay in contact with people. And you can do that through a phone call, through, uh, you know, Zoom chats, anything at all that keeps you connected to people, that keeps you connected to the community. So you don't feel like you're going through all of these motions alone. I think it would be helpful at this time. So of course, social distance, but also make sure that you're keeping people um, around you and you're having communications and contact with people as safely as possible. That's, that's another one. And then the third one is around hand washing. Of course, we all know that that's, that's even a, that's an habit that we need to cultivate, not just during this pandemic, but beyond it. It's a good way to just continue to be healthy. And it, it's not just effective against, against the COVID-19 virus, it's actually very helpful against other microbes as well that, are, that cause a lot of, um, a lot of diseases um, and you know outside of what the individuals can do then we're getting into what businesses what um what businesses can do and i'm going to elaborate on that a little bit i think depending on the type type of businesses um there is opportunity for you to continue your business just like it's never happened so for instance if you're an online business person it's just 
you know it's just normal for you to just continue but if you're a retailer for instance and you have a store um you're a hairdresser or you're you know you have a, you have a place where people have to come in you need to make sure that you're observing the best safety precautions that you can for, for yourself and your clients and you please 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 just follow the instructions from the different states around what level of opening they are on so you can keep your business aligned with the broader um communication of the government and how they're planning to open us you know open up safely so you can contribute to that by that as well the other mm -hmm. part is you know for um for pharmaceutical companies like we were saying earlier on right. it's not the time to to rest our oars and i'm sure that none of them is none of us is resting our oars at this time we're actually trying our best to continue in the efforts around research and development to be able to get to even better vaccines and you know easily distributable vaccines that can withstand you know temperature and the different um the different areas of the world and, and so on to be able to make sure that you know there's equitable distribution of the right. vaccines right, right now there's also the cost of those vaccines to put into consideration it seems right now like it's just you know available to those who are the is bidders who are able right. to afford it so what we need to get to the point where the supply or the type of vaccines that we're talking about are easily accessible not just to the high income countries or high income communities but it's also available to low and middle income communities and countries as well right. um, then in terms of the governance i think governance is also another big part of this i hope that you know especially looking at the us as an example i hope that the different um, factions or different areas can actually work together this is a bipartisan this would require a bipartisan effort Absolutely. to be able to get this under control Absolutely. and of course we need to make sure that data accurate data is driving all of the different policies that are being generated and are being developed um, and that this information is communicated widely and with a lot of sensitivity to what is actually going on currently sure. there is a way that you can send messages that it draws people in without necessarily blaming or you know victimizing those that are already that are already going through a lot of trouble with what's going on currently so i think that you know tempering messages making sure the facts are stated but that they are stated with the sensitivities in mind on how this affects people will also be very important so it's not just the sciences it's not just doing the research it's not just communicating the facts but it's communicating the facts with a humane part in it sure to ensure that you know individuals know that they are cared for and right. that all of this information is for their own interest right. as well absolutely thank you for that so um so i th that was that was very um interesting and again like because um in fact i all of the all of the uh, things people need to do and take into consideration as regards to how they can actually keep themselves safe and you know um, you know keep away from spreading or contacting the virus and all that. I mean that was that was really very interesting. But you know, you, but you know, in in the midst of all of this, all of this, you know, um, items which you have actually listed, 
you know, uh, as regards on how people can actually, you know, get through the era of COVID, you know, by, you know, protecting themselves and all that. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of, um, you know, um, spread of, you know, conspiracy, um, you know, messages, information happening and all that. And in fact, the truth is, I have had series of experiences with, you know, different kind of people, friends, and you tell them, look, see, you don't need to infiltrate your mind about, you know, a certain virus, but just have a sense of curiosity that this virus actually exists. So how you respond to it, you know, actually drives and amplify, you know, your safety and kind of the caution you put into place. So my question to that is, you know, um, I would like that, or rather I would like that you probably educate us and of course um, our listeners and maybe share more insight as to how people should act and respond, you know, when it comes to any kind of spread of conspiracy theory. And in fact, how do you even, you know, pretty much just, you know, tell us how people should actually act and respond to all of those things, because that is also creating some kind of you know, um, issue, and especially folks outside of the United States, you know, and they tell you, oh, you know, there's no COVID. COVID is meant for, uh, you know, for folks outside of whatever, and it's, it's nothing, we have a different type of COVID. I have actually told a friend, before that look you're, you're saying covid you know the, the rate at which it's actually spread in the part of the world where you are it's just different the way it spreads here i said look that's my point believe there is a virus and take self precaution and all that so i want you to just you know share more insight and educate us and our listeners on how to act and respond to this thank you so you know, sometimes I, I, I wonder what goes up in the minds of those who share, you know, who, or who this misinformation originates from. Right. Um, I don't want to be naive about what it could be, but I'm hoping that most of it comes from a place of wanting to help. Right. But for someone who wants to help, you have to make sure that you are doing your research appropriately and doing your research appropriately means understanding that there are experts around some of these pieces and looking for those resources and those channels to be able to help you know carve or distribute information that would help people right. it's very important for people as authors of some of these messages to understand that there is power in the words that they're sharing. Right. There is power in that video that you're making that is telling people what to do to keep themselves safe from the from the virus. Right. There is, you know, power in the words that you're using or the videos or the audios that you're making uh, that, that tells people or give people false hope about how they can cure the virus. virus. The problem is in those messages and in those words, they can easily turn around and become the reason why people die. So perhaps if people who are originating these messages start to think about it that way, mm. that before you put out any information about the virus, understand that it could be what would be responsible for the death of people and right. for the spread of the infection. 
that should be something that is at top of your mind before you share any information at hmm. all. Right, right. And then ask yourself the question, do you want to be responsible for the death of others hmm. by providing misinformation? Right. I think when people start from there, it might be easy for them to understand their role in spreading information that is not accurate. Right. And that's not just for the originators of these messages. That's not just for the creators of this content. It's also the people that continue to share them. I can't count the number. I know I've received the number of those uh, videos and audios and, you know, long line of, of text, you know, as well. Right, right. Um, and understand that as someone who is actually sharing, you are also responsible. Correct, yeah. So if you do share information that is not accurate and someone has a sense of of um, security that is actually not ingrained in fact, if something should happen to that person or if they don't take the necessary precaution that's actually accurate, you are responsible for whatever happens to them as well. Be that being infected with the virus or the fact of actually dying from an infection. Right. So it's very, very important. It's very, very important for us to understand that as conduits of information, mm-hmm. we need to be able to, you know, have that understand that at the other end of this message, at the other end of this forwarded chat, is right. someone. Right. So that is why it's going to be important for everyone to know the places where they can go for sources of for information. You talked about the U.S. I think with the U.S. there is, um, I, I don't know, there is some type of divisive force, especially when it comes to political, um, sometimes for business interest and economic interest, why people put out certain materials that are actually not accurate. Mm-hmm. But I believe that, you know, as individuals, we are responsible for ourselves first. So if we also as individuals can go out and look at the resources that actually um, are trustworthy, the, you know, do a little bit more research, take a little bit more time to pay attention to what's going on. I uh, hope that also as the nation, you know, as we get under the new, um, uh, the newly elected officials, I hope that we start to develop a better sense of trust because it's very, very important when the when the citizens do not feel like they can trust their leaders, right. then it becomes hard for the truth to actually prevail. Then right. it becomes easy for misinformation to spread. So we need to build that trust, especially you know health systems also. I think it's it matters to us to be able to send the right communication to Absolutely. our patients. So I think there is a lot that hospitals can do. There's a lot that the government can do. There is a lot that governmental agencies and non-governmental agencies, nonprofits and all can do to ensure that they are communicating the right information to citizens. And I think it it all also depends on the trust level. So being able to build that trust and being able to communicate effectively to disseminate the right information mm-hmm. at the level that the individuals would understand becomes very crucial. 
And then for outside of the country, and I, I, you know, I don't know everything that's going on on the global scene, but at least I know with Nigeria, that one. Oh! I've seen videos of parties. I've seen, I've just seen things that I'm just like, oh my God, what is happening here? Yeah. Okay. So for those that are listening in Nigeria right now, my message is please just understand and i'll say it in the way that you understand <laughs> understand eh? <laughs> that covid 19 it's real real it is very very real because there's still some people that i still i you know i still f- come across some things when people are saying is it even real or not it is real it might be different. The transmission rate might be different in different areas, depending on you know the number of infected people and all of that. There's been so much coming out of Nigeria recently. All that. All that. Just it's it's just you know it's sad. I've and I've I've heard so many deaths due to COVID. You know, in the last maybe in the last 30, 40 days than I've heard in the entire year when it comes to when it comes to Nigeria. And that is to say that this is spreading really fast and so rapidly that we there is just no there's no reason for anyone at this point to feel like they don't believe that this exists right absolutely absolutely i lost one of one of my teachers actually lost his life there's about three different doctors from from college of medicine um university of lagos that have lost their lives recently one of them was a top neuro surgeon we don't have a lot of them and this person lost their lives these people have lost their lives rather and it's you know we can't just continue to discount this if it's killing healthcare workers if it's killing head of departments and killing you know previous vcs and different you know even some of our government officials we've heard that they you know in nigeria we've heard that they've passed away from this pandemic from this COVID-19 situation, whether it, the complications of it or, you know, other, other pieces that are related to it, we need to know and we need to follow the instructions. We need to, you know, pay attention to what's going on around us. We need to understand that for right now, there are definitely steps you can take to boost your immune system. That's general. But there is no specific immune concoction or immune, you know, agbo or agumu or aseje or whatever it is that is going to prevent COVID from getting to you. There is no particular one at this time. That is known. There is none, there is no medication that is known to, you know, like, okay, yes, this is the medication that I I will continue to use to prevent me from getting COVID-19. There's not so much of it known yet. Right. Even in developed nations, there's still a lot of research going on. Nobody can say they know everything about COVID-19 at this time. That's true. That's it is true. still evolving information, and we're still getting to know more about it. That's true. So That's true. The best bet, again, like I said earlier on, will continue to be those pieces that we talked about. Social gathering at this time, Nigeria, I beg. Eh? Nigerians, please. Social gathering at this time, you need to you need to just keep them away. Just 
play your part like i said at the beginning we just yeah. all to understand that we have a role to play in this so as individuals stay away from gatherings different states in nigeria and different you know the entire nigeria would have certain regulations and restrictions about the number of people that can be in a particular gathering at the mm-hmm. time follow those i think i've heard 10 i don't know what it is currently that's why i'm i'm trying to avoid i'm saying but try and listen out for what the government of your area or the the, the you know the state government or the, the the nation's government is saying there is the national center for disease control in nigeria as well the ncdc that you can definitely go on their website and be able to get information about what the number of cases are what the number of deaths are in terms of those that have been reported but understand that those are reported numbers right numbers of this is actually very very is much greater than whatever those institutes and those it's the same thing all over the world we yeah, only know what is reported we only know what is tested It's there the are a lot of people who actually have asymptomatic covid-19 and if they don't get tested we just don't know so the best right. way is for people to continue to put on their masks when they're out and about right try and restrict the amount of out and about in that you do actually <laughs> if you can stay then choose that take that option if you can um whatever you can do from the house just try as best as possible to do it if you have to be outside use your masks and try as best as possible to wash your hands and sanitize your hands as best as possible mm-hmm. try your best to do the best that you can not just for you but for others in the community and in the society as well i think it's time that we all get to understand the fact that it takes collective action for us to be able to uh, make a dent and also prevent these infections from from things right so please any miss if you if you need information go to the ncdc i'm not an ncdc worker or anything but i know that that's one part that i know in nigeria that you can get accurate information about you can look it up online google and all that and mm-hmm. you cannot do that there is you know there's the cdc there is the who those people it is their work it is their job it is their life concentration to ensure that people get health information and the information you would get from those bodies would you know it would beat any research that you think you want to do by yourself all right, all right. Point, especially if you're not a medical person you as a medical person medically trained person you might have other website that you can go to you might have other you can you might have access to journals and you can be able to do some um meta analysis of of the literature review and all of that but for the layman for the people who are not medically oriented at all some of these bodies are there to help with healthcare information so right. utilize them as your source of information right. there are there right. are a couple of them out there again if you are in nigeria the ncdc would be one of the best bet for you you can look at you know i'm sure that some of the health systems um and some newer bodies in healthcare in nigeria would also have those covid resources that they can drive direct you to you can right. use that um you should also pay attention to radio jingles and all of that that i'm sure the government are also doing in in you know as as a result at, um as a means of communication for this mm. but i right. think it's just it's just very important that we also understand 
what that individual role is. And that is why I keep emphasizing on that. Each text you send that has wrong information in it for people, you can be responsible for someone else's infection. You can be responsible for somebody else's death. And I don't think you want to have that on yourself. So please be very careful in sharing information mm -hmm. with others especially right. unverified information, especially information that you can trace back to some of these bodies that I talk about. And also beware of some of those messages that they would send and include WHO as their resource. Not all of those who quote, <laughs> not all of those who quote WHO are actually accurate. If you cannot go online to find it and see it on WHO's website by yourself, if you cannot read it on the WHO's website, if you don't hear it from your healthcare providers in your vicinity, in your area, if you don't hear it from the NCDC directly, then do not share that piece of information. I think this needs to be a little bit stern because of the news and information that we've been hearing. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Corruption has eaten deep into some of this as well. Recently, I was reading something about, you know, people being able to do their testing in Nigeria for 30,000, for 40,000. You guys need to do better. Right. This is lives of people, lives of community that are being, you know, this is just, it's just sad that people can actually buy their way out of COVID testing. That That's just unheard of. Because then you put the lives of all of those that are going to be in the same plane with those people, the communities that they're going to, from Nigeria, you put everybody at risk. So whatever role you're playing as an individual, as an healthcare worker, as an airport staff, as whatever it is that you do, just realize that if you're not, if it's, it's three things, it's either you're not doing anything at all, or what you're doing is contributing to the spread of the COVID-19 virus, or you're actually helping to mitigate it. You're actually trying, you're helping to stop it. So right. you need to ask yourself really deeply, what am I doing? And if you're not doing anything, you're pretty much also almost doing the same thing, which is spreading. Right. So right. you all need to just be on that, on that first part, which is trying our best to do the best that we all can do something. So right. we need to understand that we all can do something. We all can play a role in curbing the pandemic mm -hmm. at this time and right. we're almost there we just yeah. need to push a little bit further with the vaccines with the therapeutics and therapeutics for those who might not understand therapeutics is the medication that you use to actually treat the disease so there are medications out there uh, they're, they're a, lot, a lot of them are new at this time and there's also been a lot of research for existing medications that can help I was reading, you know, recently about certain new medications. I don't want to talk about them, so I'm not spreading. Just the same way that I, you know, I've been trying to caution people, you know, people. I also try to caution myself not to spread things. Um, even some of these pharmaceutical companies and some of the um, some bodies also do this these days, where they've done a research. It's not been published yet. It's not been peer reviewed yet, and there's sharing it through newspapers and they're sharing it in press releases and people are hearing about it and they're thinking that this is accurate we heard about the whole issue around hydroxychloroquine in the early parts of you know last year around the pandemic that's something that you know we, sh we should be very very careful 
the fact right. that you've done one research or you've treated two people and they seem to be well because you use the particular medication that doesn't mean that that medication works for you to be able to 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 say that it works you need to do your clinical trial you need to do a randomized control trial you need to do a case control trial to establish the role of that medication as a treatment yeah. or the vaccine as a vaccine for that particular for that particular ailment you can't just go by your observational data you just can't go by what you're seeing or i, I treat five people and you know with the five people that i treated oh, this is how it went that you cannot generalize that for everybody else so we need to make sure that we're patient with science and we do the best we can yeah. to ensure that we're getting the right information across to the people that really need them the most. I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was quite, um, you know, informative. And um, thank you for sharing all the insights, uh, you know, as to how people can actually deal with the misconception and all of the different kind of uh, you know, conspiracy theory about COVID-19 or the virus and all, because that's that's really very important. Okay. I would say to listeners out there, please, please, let us keep safe. Let us follow CDC rule. And for those of us outside of the US, even in Nigeria, anywhere in the world, let's, you know, follow, um, you know, and uh, comprehensive information and always fact check information. Don't just get information and just spread it. Just fact check and make sure it is right, and you know share the information appropriately. Okay, like this is a time and fear which is not very easy for anyone, but we will get through this. You know, let's be patient with our with our um, physicians, our doctors, our healthcare workers. And, uh, so um, before you know we end this podcast, so Dr. Bulikis. Uh, what last message would you, you know, want to say or have for our listeners, you know, out there? And uh, just, you know, the uh, last message before we uh, come to our end of the podcast. I think, you know, it's always an honor to be able to get the chance to express myself like this and be able to contribute, you know, a voice to what is going on. Um, I think as a last message, I would just like to re-emphasize that I hope that we all stay hopeful. No matter what it is that we're going through currently, no matter how hard, and believe me, even as um, someone who has practiced medicine before, as um, someone who works in pharmaceuticals currently, as someone who, you know, why well, I, I would consider that I, I have access to a lot of information. I still got overwhelmed. I still got, you know, bothered. I still had to do a lot of readjustment. It, the fact that you know, the fact that you're a physician, physician or you're, um, you're gainfully employed or anything, it does give you some level of privilege, but it does not totally absorb us from all of the impact and all of the all of the issues that surround the pandemic but i want everyone else out there to just know that i hope that you continue to stay positive and you continue to stay hopeful knowing that the work to actually resolve or to 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 get us to a better place um and to beat this pandemic is on the way 
we all should continue to have hope that we're going to beat this. Right. I think it is one of the beauties of you know humans and the brains and the talents that we have all over the world that no matter the challenges that come to us. I think that's one of the key takeaway actually for me in 2020. We understand that you know there was a problem at hand that seemed so big that we all could not even figure out how to deal with. There was an, a phase of fear where we were wondering, is this what is going to wipe out the entire population of the world? Is this going to be the end? And all of that is always, you know, there's that at the back of people's mind. But with collective effort, with resilience, with, you know, with persistence, we were able to use existing knowledge that we have about viruses. We are able to use, you know, some of the knowledge that we already have about, you know, pandemics and epidemics. We're able to use the knowledge that we have, the scientific knowledge that we have to be able to get to this point where we can start to see um, a light at the end of the tunnel. So I want everyone to understand and also tap into that positivity, into that hopeful message that we can beat this and we will beat this. I hope that everyone will tap into that hope and I hope everyone would also understand that as an individual, there is something that they can do. There is something that you can contribute. You are not powerless in the face of this pandemic. There is something you can do. And some of the things that you can do are those three things that I highlighted earlier on. One is maintaining physical or what we call social distancing, maintaining that as best as possible. Again, look for the regulations for the areas that you are in. I don't want to generalize on that, but if, you're, if, if you don't have to gather, don't gather and if you must gather follow the limits that has been set by the you know by the government in your area and when you're doing that make sure you're social this you know you're maintaining that distance that physical distance of about two arms length is what they call it or about the size of a cow you know there's been different ways to you know explain right, right. What that distance might look like just Try as much as possible to maintain that six feet distance in you any way. Well. Measure it. Right. Wear a mask. Wherever you are outside with a, with people that you that are not people that live in your your household. Your house. Try as much as possible to wear a mask. The cloth mask is fine. Double doubling up the mask because of the new variant that is out now is also fine including a filter within your mask is also something that you can do wearing the surgical mask is also very helpful the n95 is definitely definitely helpful because that's you know, all of that so whatever you can do please wear a mask then the third thing is hand washing and sanitization so the approved sanitizers make sure you have them with you as best as possible and whenever you're able to take a moment out to go and wash your hands as often and frequently as possible that is a, that's something that you know as an individual we can do but i also want to know that you know unless there are limitations all of this i'm saying generally but when there is an exception or something we can also understand but as an individual that's a minimum that we all can do. Absolutely. And then the third one, because 
I am a lover of STEM and I am someone who loves to encourage younger people into STEM. I will take also this opportunity that I hope everyone understands why sciences, technology, engineering, math, and all of this STEM related fields are very, very important. It is in the face, you know, it is very crucial in the face of things like this to understand the importance of public health, epidemiology, vaccine development. All of these things take a lot of scientific knowledge. So please encourage your kids, encourage your loved ones. If you're considering it or contemplating it, you know, medicine is something that's very important. It's going to be very crucial. There's an healthcare worker shortage still in the US, even in the face of all of this. And there is a lot of equity piece out of here as well that we also need to put into consideration where, you know, um, some people in the lower socioeconomic class are, are getting hit the most, more communities are hit the most with some of the impacts of this pandemic. So we all should put that in mind. So if I'm going to summarize all of these last pieces, the first one is continue to stay hopeful. Second one is understand what you can do as an individual to help. And then the third part is STEM. Do STEM if you can. <laughs> so those all are right. the All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Bulkiza. And hey, listeners, you all have heard everything. Um, let's stay safe. Let's follow regulations. Let's believe in science. It's very important. And um, let us all uh, embrace um, technology as it is because that's like an amplifier for all of these different things. Um, I know it's not easy, trust me, you're not alone. And I also want to just use this, you know, last minute to just say a big thank you and a shout out to all our L workers who have been the front line, uh, you know, helping folks who are, you know, um, you know, trying to survive or gasping for their, for their life, you know, as a result of the pandemic. Thank you all so much. May God bless you all. And uh, thank you for joining. You know, this podcast. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Blakiza, I'm definitely going to bring you back on the show. <laughs> and, uh, quite insightful and a very uh, um, uh, 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 insightful information which I've actually shared with you all and uh, I'll tell our listeners. And uh, folks, please, please, and please, once again, let us all be bipartisan in our ways of dealing with this time and period. We will get through this. Let us be hopeful and let us believe and trust, you know, in science and most importantly, let us also, you know, uh, just keep hope alive, okay? Thank you very much. And, you know, um, followers on Instagram, followers on Spotify, on YouTube channel at Reconnecting with Health Podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Bullikis. And um, keep safe and stay safe. And um, see you next time. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>